As you know, the 2020 election is right around the corner. And this election in America may turn out to be the most consequential of our time. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, put down the hamburger and vote. It makes a difference in America. I know because Hillary told me. <laughs> if you're looking for a strategy on how and where to vote, check out democracy.org. Uh, it will tell you when and where to vote in your state and how to register. Or turn your Victrola to headcount.org and help register your fellow Amer- I don't have a bias. Uh, Mike, you talk. Whatever you do, make sure you have a plan. Go to BallotReady.org and enter your address to make a plan to vote and vote informed. Get out there and vote. Your vote's bigger in Texas. Hillary and I say vote. 99% of you should be voting. Otherwise, the 1% will eat your cat. Go fefe. Back in high school, each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. Turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out with your hosts, Keith Varney. And moving Mike and Deglio. Why well, miss the practice? There was no TiVo. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. I shaved. Enjoy my jowls. I don't think there is a OBS plugin to help you with that. <laughs> and welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast breaking down David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week we are up to episode or season five, episode three, Officers of the Court. This is the Out of Practice episode number 87. Can you believe it? How's it going, Mike? We are recording. Early. Too early. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> recording oops means at the very least, even as the wheels burst into flames and fall off, it's the mm-hmm. weekend generally. So I know that there's yeah. something to look forward to. Unfortunately, today it's Tuesday. I have so much work to do. Uh, I have tasks <laughs> that I agreed to that I shouldn't have agreed to. There's a mm-hmm. debate tonight, which has me stressed out. There's just, you know. It's crazy. It's it is uh yeah, and I I'm have big house inspections all day tomorrow. Oof. Hey, look guys, if you look above right here, we can see a clock running of our talk. So when you find out when we say we don't edit, here's your proof. You can watch us talk in real time and you can see that we're truly not editing as if that was difficult to prove. I don't know that I know what you're talking about. Oh, can you not see it? No. What are you talking about? What clock? Oh, wait. Maybe it's just on mine. Oh, it's just on mine. Oh, well, t- this is scintillating <laughs> podcasting. Half of you can't even see anything. The other right, half don't know of- what Keith's talking about. Oh, my. Well, I, A, that's true of every episode. Yeah, that's fair. 
Well, uh, enjoy that last minute of your life that we just took away for absolutely no reason. Keith, remember a, yeah. last week's episode where I broke the audio again? You sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I I texted you. I'm like, why am I 8-bit during the episode? <laughs> it's a me, a Keith. It was not good. Uh, was, that uh, wasn't. Uh, that was a Mario impression for those of you who are unaware of my vo- yeah. vocal comedic stylings. Daryl Hammond, are you here? <laughs> no, no. He didn't get paid for last week, so he has decided <laughs> not to join us again. He he decided not to join us. Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah, well, I I'm excited to watch the debate tonight so I can keep working on my Biden. Uh, I, the problem- I have to do an online Zoom performance again tonight. To which, so uh, during the debate or before the debate, kind of both. So I'm gonna be friendly. So let me hold on. Let me edit myself in real time. So mm, mm, the, the shows I've been doing, there's been some mix-ups lately, and they were really excited because they had partnered with various ticketing services and which was supposed to right. equal money and stuff. But apparently there was no sort of uh, uh, agreement as to who would do the marketing. So we've been doing these shows for literally like not not enough people to really make it worthwhile. Right. Uh, and so there's another one scheduled tonight. Lord knows if there's any tickets sold, but like this debate, I want to watch this debate. During Whoa. the debate? Like who's going to be watching this during the debate? Like, Probably the most consequential political event in, you know, certainly in four years, if not in the last decade, if not in our lifetime. Yeah, well, that said, I mean, still, best case scenario, 30% of the country will vote. So <laughs> you've got, So who knows? I guess the other, the other 70% needs something to do. But the good Fair news, enough. I suppose, is that in this new day and age, I can potentially... Maybe watching it on like a half hour, 45 minute delay is the best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there might be uh, I might need some times to pause it and scream into the wilderness for a bit, but it's it's possible. But I'm going to be working on my Biden. The problem with the Biden impression is he has absolutely no distinguishing characteristics. Colbert's got a good one right talking. now. Colbert's got Does a really he? good one. Uh, he, It's all about the aviators and this like half smile he's got. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. If you, if you do it in a bit of a half smile, it really does help Amtrak, America. No, it's, it's tough because he just, it, it's a visual. You can do it with the teeth. You can do it with the aviators. You can do it with the hair. But he just doesn't really have a lot of weird vocal tics. Well, he's also got, uh, well, I'll, I'll also say that SNL has a huge get in that they're, for That's as right. long as he will be uh, in the political uh, discourse, so be it uh, hopefully for at least four years, uh, Biden will be played by Jim Carrey. So welcome back to sketch comedy Jim Carrey. I'm not even sure he's appeared on SNL many times because you'll know he got no, one of his he really big jumps on uh you are now watching in living, color. in living color, not even Mad TV. I was going to misquote it. Yeah, no, it's in Living Color. Yeah, I'm. You know, I, I, I don't you, I know if that... I've seen him do a lot of impressions beyond Andy Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm certainly curious. I, well, he got started feel... as an impressionist. He's incredible. Oh, okay. I I do I do feel bad for the regular SNL ca- cast. What are you poking at me for? I mean, as a as a as a professional. Uh, impressionist, you should know the origins of Jim Carrey. I'm a little disappointed that you don't. Uh, none of those things are true. Uh, look, I knew in Living Color, thank you very much. Mm. 
Uh, anyway, I, I, I feel bad for the SNL cast because they they keep bringing in stunt people for the biggest impressions. Yeah, I guess they're going to be digital Bulb. again, or are they going to be back in studio? I think they're back in studio, if I if I, if I, I read correctly. I think they are in a limited fashion um, for see how long that takes. We just got the news that the, the NFL had their first cases, so I, I said week four we'd get to. I think we're probably yeah, I just, just got about the, I just got the alert that uh, two teams have shut down their entire facilities. I haven't read into it, yeah. so I guess that's... Well, and then our our governor in New York is pissed, y'all, because numbers are climbing. In fact, I think I mentioned in the last pod, I don't know, they're all coming together. No, maybe I didn't put it on the pod, but uh, my wife and I were taking a walk around the block and an actual party bus drove by. Oh, yes. You texted me that. A party bus. So, yeah, that's where we're at. And then a friend of mine just texted, you know, we're moving to Pennsylvania, and a Pennsylvania friend of mine just texted if I wanted to join a bowling league, to which I said, no, for a variety of reasons. (laughs) Number one, I don't don't really want to bowl. Number two, what? Uh, Yeah, well, I I love bowling. Yeah, it's fun. I'm a pretty good bowler, but yeah, I I would... uh, Eh, eh, you don't know. I, I don't. I don't know, but I suspect. <laughs> hey, you know, boy, the things I did not anticipate. Uh, I would. I. I didn't. I figured I'd take some hits as I usually do. I did not expect my bowling abilities to come up in what this I'm week's episode. What I'm saying is, I imagine you're about as good a bowler as I. That, like, in our lifetime, I can count on one hand those few times I was like, "Oh my god, I I got 200 plus points in a bowling match," but those yeah. are magical times generally it's like a 180 a 160 yeah that's about yeah i've got a handful of 200s but nothing nothing beyond that and you're like can I'm, anybody I'm, tell that i'm using an eight pound ball is anybody watching? i'm <laughs> <laughs> i'm just wildly inconsistent which should be no surprise to anybody yeah. listening to this all right well you have stuff to do, do. so let's let do us, a podcast let's move forward with our exciting array of podcasting segments beginning with filings and Well, I have a filing from Maxwell's Demon 9 from two weeks ago that I didn't clock because you responded to it. And so YouTube doesn't tell me if you've if you've responded to something, I don't get the alert. Oh, which is Maxwell's Demon? Maxwell's Demon 9, who we heard from last week. Okay. But uh, who says, hello, Keith and Mike, the podcasters. I hey. dis- Hello. Hello. I discovered the practice three years ago via bootlegs posted on various platforms. Yeah, us too. And I remember (laughs) those first days of discovery. The earth moved and the heavens parted. Since then, I have seen all the episodes probably multiple times. Wow. I don't know much TV, but I know the practice is great TV. I'm looking forward to listening to all the pods you've produced so far. Uh, Well, we're so happy to, to have you listening. We totally agree on the podcast. I apologize in advance because already halfway through the series, our running time is definitely longer than the running time of the entire series of the practice. So uh, I apologize. There's way too much. Uh, but welcome. Happy to happy to have you. Um, also, our friend Jared Barada on uh, Instagram 
posted on our Instagram photo of our Tom Brady, worth of being Tom Brady, of the haunted slide Tom Brady, not the money coming out of the ass Tom Brady, which came out, will, will, or will come out oh, I haven't seen in it a couple yet. of days. Yeah. Uh, he says, it's war for sure on Tom Brady. And to be fair, I think the war has been going on for about two or three years now. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes. He's benched in, in fantasy, although he had a good week. I, I could have used him. I did not have a good week in fantasy or football or life. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a rough, uh, rough ever. I can't get my lighting right today. Because I have the windows open. I don't have, you know, when I get to the new house, yeah, I'll well, be that, in we'll, the basement. We'll, yeah. I will literally be in my basement, uh, which I will be building out specifically so I can look cool like Mike with his little LED lights in the background. Well, that's all changing because I'll be in and I won't be in my bedroom. And for the first no. week or two, I'll probably probably be sitting Indian style in the corner of facing the wall because uh, it's going to take I'm not going to have a desk at first. We're, we're huh. really uh, it's we're going to be taking a couple steps back here. No. And I, I uh, was talking to Jillian about it yesterday realizing that okay when we get to the house i mean assuming we're able everything goes well with the inspection tomorrow and we, our closing date is our closing date and we move in we're going to have zero furniture mm. and i'm like do we order the world's largest ikea order now in the hopes that it will show up by mid-november or not it was but yeah no we're we're about to buy half of ikea because we can't have nicer things in ikea but we can have all the ikea we want that's that's where we are if you're wondering where we are in the financial world we can have the ikea mm -hmm. we were discussing mm -hmm. should we should we shed some of our ikea tables and like mm -hmm. invest in a not ikea table and we opted on man, or man, not IKEA. new ikea table well that's kind of what we're doing <laughs> because because with Ikea, like, it's perfectly fine stuff if you don't ever move it. Right. You can't Correct. ever move it because it will turn to sawdust. But it's mm -hmm. nice up until that point. Yeah, the so tensile strength is really based on the lack of any sort of movement or shifting of weight ever. Right, right. If, if like, we work out in the apartment and, and jiggle it a little bit, it'll turn to dust. I actually had but, a Poang chair that disintegrated beneath me. We were just watching TV, and all of a sudden, I was on the floor. <laughs> well, were you there? I was doing uh, a table read in my living room like five years ago, and I was just, I was in the middle of like reading a stage direction. And you and fell I, through the chair. My yes. chair just exploded underneath me. Mm -hmm. I just almost remember, I remember what we were reading, too. It was um, the pie thing. Oh, was it Pie Eater? I believe oh, I thought so. it was Elway. Well, whatever. Uh... Pieter. There it is. There it is. Shout there. out. Derek, right? Shout out to Pieter. Yeah, that's Twigs. And there's Elway. Anyway, uh, yes. So we are going to basically replace our IKEA items with our basically the same IKEA items, but just that haven't been moved. And we're going to like wood glue it and stuff. So it hopefully will last us a couple of years until we're rich and famous. Okay. Anyway, uh, all right. That is enough for filings and subpoenas because we recorded like three days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it is time to hop back into the time machine to October 22nd in the year 2000. It was a long time ago. It was 20 years ago, almost exactly. Wow. 
20, yeah, 20 years and uh, 23 days. And that makes me wonder what was going on. This day in the basement. Uh oh. Oh, God. Advil um, Cam. No. Uh, so, you know, same old, same old. I'm, I'm performing Pippin now, and it's nice. How times. long was that run? Uh, it was like a month, like weekends, you know. Oh, that's um, a long run for uh, for a community theater thing, yeah. yeah. But I want to tell a story before I forget to tell it on the pod, okay. uh, because it happened in this time, and uh, I get to revisit quickly uh, my favorite car that I ever had. You'll okay. remember it's the nineteen ninety nine Honda Prelude. Here's a look at the exterior and the interior. And I give you the interior because this is one of the weirdest stories. So I had, you know, recently begun dating uh, my showmance from Pippin. Right, sure. And I, we, it wasn't really a, my dad was really strict even as I became an adult. And uh, this was a period of life where at least I had gained a little bit of- um, Oh, I know what's happening. Autonomy, but uh, still was not like a sleepover kind of situation. He wanted me home every night. Right. So, Especially with a girlfriend, I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, though he really adored her, so that was nice. Um, and uh, her parents were a little less strict, but also very cool. Uh, her dad, Jimmy, who was super, really cool guy. In fact, when we ended up breaking up, I remember, I'll never forget, I, I kind of drove to her house, and he and she wasn't there, clearly, because she was avoiding me, because I was probably stalking her. And uh we started like shooting hoops in the driveway and he was just as sad as I was because he's like, oh, I'm going to miss having a guy around. And he's like, just so you know, even though you guys aren't dating anymore, he's like, if you ever need anything, my dad was getting sick at the time. And he's like, I'll always mm. be here to chat. And just a really great guy. He passed away last year. Uh, mm. Anyway, so her and I were hanging out and I, I, you know, just chilling out after the show at her house or whatever. And her house was about 35 minutes from my house. You had to take the Pennsylvania Turnpike, about three exits, and then I was about 10 minutes off the exit. All of this is to say, um, we were hanging out, we were hanging out, we were hanging out, and I remember, uh, we weren't into, I didn't do drugs at the time, I didn't barely even drink, and I remember we must have fallen asleep at her house. I remember vividly watching TV in her bedroom, and the next thing I remember, I woke up in my bedroom. In your bedroom? House, at my house. Ooh. Now, like I said, it's a 35 minute drive and I was very confused when I woke up and I uh, went out to the driveway and I checked my car to see if I had gotten into an accident or something like that would have explained why I can't remember anything. Right. I mean, I had to drive down the turnpike get a ticket, you remember, there was no easy pass at the time, and, no, pay a, sure. and pay a toll. Right. Anyway, get into my car, and I notice uh, nothing is askew until I try to back out of my driveway and recognize that there's no rear view mirror. Whoa. So I look all around, and in the back seat of my car is a rear view mirror. So, to this day, 20 years later, here's the series of events, because this is what her dad ended up remembering. He said he saw us fell asleep on the couch. He brought us over a blanket, like a little throw. Okay. Okay. Carrie said she woke up with the throw blanket on her. So, what has to have happened, you know how sometimes you drive and you don't know what's happening, or you sleepwalk? 
I was never been known to sleepwalk, but at some point, I woke up in the middle of the night, realized my dad was gonna freak out if I wasn't home, got in my car, at some point ripped off the rear view mirror, threw it in the back seat, drove 35 minutes, paid a toll, went to bed at my house and, and have zero recollection of it. Never did then, don't have it now. That's really weird. It's so weird and it's incredibly scary. So That's terrifying. Have you, have you like done sleepwalking or something like that in other points I have points no in your life? other examples of that taking place. That's really weird. Except I, I got really stoned once and I, I, I put the remote control for the TV in the uh, refrigerator and we couldn't find it for a day or two. But that's a very different situation. That does not surprise me in the slightest. Right. Uh, wow. Yeah. I I don't know what to say about that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Crazy. Well, all right. Well, if, if you have theories on how did Mike get home back in October of 2000 without remembering and why, why did you kill your rear view mirror? Send it to us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Weird. Wild story. Wild. Crazy story. Oh, what about you, well, Keith? That's were a... you sleepwalking, or uh, what were you doing up there in Roch ha 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 I was not doing anything as exciting or mysterious, but I was transitioning to a new voice teacher. Oh, okay. I thought that was uh, going a different, somewhere different. Perhaps, yeah, right? The Perhaps the, the, mis the mysterious part of this is, why did my first voice teacher leave the school abruptly? Hmm. Unclear, but we now, I, I went from my previous voice teacher, who we've talked about before, uh, to a new voice teacher named Robert McIver for my uh, junior and senior years at Eastman, which was, it's sort of like at, at a music conservatory, your primary thing at the school is your individual teacher, okay. um, your voice teacher, your violin teacher, your whatever. So a lot of these people, uh, schools, you will go there for a specific teacher. Um, that's your that's your sort of your home base. So it was interesting to have to transition an entire studio into all of the other studios. Um, but I actually really liked uh, 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 Doc, Dr. McIver, um, who was unfortunately no longer with us. But both he and his brother were on staff at that point. Um, and uh, it was it was a different different experience for my voice lessons. But I actually I, I, I liked him. I felt like I finally a little bit figured out what I was doing vocally by by junior and senior I, I there were I don't know I feel like my my singing under like uh, development happened in stages and perhaps slower than other people sometimes um but I sort of had moments where it clicked a little bit and figured out oh this is what it's supposed to be doing and I didn't have my final one where I actually started to sing the way I wanted to sing until after college uh, but this uh, this teacher was was very good for me, and uh, will come up again uh, in my experiences, uh, especially coming up on what happens about a year after this. We'll get to it next season. All right, so that's what I was doing this day in the basement. It is now time for. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Okay, as I said before, we are listening to... Uh, we're, we're, come on over, come, come on over. 
Sure, baby. All I want is you. We have another acapella version of this. This, of course, was the number one hit on October 22, the year 2000. The cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about hometown split by Dwyer run. That is referring to Republican Ruth Dwyer, who was running against Howard Dean for the governorship of Vermont. Dean eventually... <laughs> Howard Dean was a terrific governor, a terrific yes. guy. Remember when exclaiming happily was uh, enough to get you booted off a ticket? Just a, a gone. Just goodbye. <laughs> he was the leader deleted overnight. But he wasn't in this one. He won by 12 points in the subsequent election two weeks later. The top movie continued to be Meet the Parents in their third week of domination. And I can see you have very much enjoyed this. All right, she got this. there. All right. Thank you so much. Unidentified cover. Uh, I don't know much about that cover. I'm going to, in fact, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say much about that cover, but I do know mm-hmm. this. I can all but guarantee that whoever was singing that melody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. paid more than $750 in taxes, Keith. I, you know, it's hard to, uh, hard to imagine who could possibly only pay $750 in taxes because you know, in, I, in my early twenties, mm-hmm. when I was a starving in New York city and Mm-hmm. Did everything but commit full out fraud on my taxes in order to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make it all work for me? I think I still paid more than seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes, and in, in, in fact, I'm pretty. I can guarantee it. Well, there's your mistake, Mike. You only went to half fraud. You have to go to the full <laughs> fraud, or else it doesn't count. <laughs> You're right. You know what? You're right. Just like he doesn't, why go for a quarter pounder with cheese when you might as well just get the pounder? Yeah, I feel like that really, under, we really start to understand Mike just half-asses everything. You can see from this podcast, if you're going to do fraud, do all the fraud. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, well, I'm really curious to see if, if our good friend Joe can make and land a punch with a set. I can't do Joe. I, I, I can't do Joe. It's There's no, it, he's unimpressionable. Well, if he let, knock on wood, if he became our president, Keith, we're going to have to, you're going to have to do some sort of crash some course in Joe. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to have to do to make that happen. But anyway, you know what it's really time for? It's time, it's time, time. It's time for sports. While the Giants relaxed on a bye week, the Eagles continued the trend of scintillating turn-of-century football with the 13-9 victory over the 1-7 Chicago Bears at Veterans Stadium. Donovan McNabb threw for 207 yards and a touchdown to Jeff Thomason. This left the Giants, Eagles, and Washington racist names atop the NFC East with five wins each. Both of our teams were good. You were five and three. We were five and two. You know, five and three could win the NFC East. I think six and ten could win the NFC East this year. God. It's bad. It's, well, we're real. We've we're already real assumed that that means there will be sixteen games, which it looks like there won't be. So, yeah, I I think uh, well, at this point, one and two might win the <laughs> NFC East. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mahomes put up forty uh, some fantasy 50. points. 
53 against me. Yeah. It just wiped me off the map. I had like a 45 point lead going into that game and bye. Yeah, it's uh, got blown out. It's bonkers. Speaking of things that blow. You know what? Let's just hear it. Can you tell me the weather? Yes, you can. Cause we all need, need to, to know. know. Was it hot or did it snow? Tell me the weather from 21 years ago. Technically now 20 years ago. I don't have much to say uh, with Time Machine weather. Uh, however, what I do want to point out is I want to remind younger listeners or people who are listeners of a certain age that there used to be a time in the Northeast mm-hmm. where uh, there was a season we called fall. And ah. it took place in October, uh, even through November at points. And it was a seasonably temperate climate. It was not freezing cold and it was not summertime. Unfortunately, in the ensuing 20 years, we have gone, much like our politics, we have gone to the extremes. Now in October, which, like we said, it's almost to the day, it's either 90 degrees like it was last weekend, or it could drop down into the 50s and be freezing. And in Rochester, for all we know, Keith was under 17 feet of snow. Uh, we, don't, we don't know for sure because I didn't Google it uh, because I've all but given up on everything right now. Uh, <laughs> You're moving. You're moving. Okay. Everyone gets, you know, a, to give up a little bit when they move. Well, I am moving and I got inspired this past weekend, uh, right before we got inspired to give you a visit, a personal drop That's in. That's right. As I say. You, we had an actual drop in, like yeah. it was the 50s. We sat next to broken glass on your stoop and realized it was a good time to move out of New York. <laughs> um, and we did. Yeah. He didn't drop in, we, we, he stoop drooped. But I got a bug up my butt and I decided I better just start packing and I packed a ton. And whilst I'm glad I did that, I uh, I don't have access to a lot of things right now. So now I'm just like re- legitimately watching the clock and just being like, let's get this thing going. So anyway, uh, this week in Time Machine Weather, we just wanted to discuss a season that has gone by the wayside uh, entitled Fall. It used to be my favorite too, but now it's uh, it's no yeah. longer a thing. Well, at least I, I, I'm envious of you because you're going to be able to be fully moved during mm-hmm. fall. You'll be there for Halloween. We were hoping to like be at our new house for Halloween. We will not be. Hopefully we'll be in for Thanksgiving. But what's really scary is I'm I'm scared not to have been moved before the election. Yeah. Uh, because... Uh, I'm a, you know, I feel like the couple of weeks, month or two after the election might be a little dicey, and I'm not sure I want to be driving a moving van across the GW Bridge uh, while that is happening. That was apropos of nothing. I don't <laughs> think you're going to be driving a moving van over the GW Bridge in under any circumstances. I still think that movers has to be the way to go. I don't know. I think we just don't have a lot of stuff. I think we might actually just do that and like hire some buddies to sling some boxes for a couple hours. And it's just because I don't want to spend $2,500 to move. And we don't, we're basically just taking all of our possessions and setting them on fire and starting over with, you know, Ikea. So that's fair. Whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do, you got to do. We got to do. We got to do. All right. You know what we got to do? We need to spare our poor audience more of our blathering and ask the eternal question 
No, it is not time to do that. Oh my God. I'm a human being, God damn it. My life has value and I'm not gonna take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Boy, can you tell we're a little sleepy and distracted because it's Tuesday? It doesn't make any sense. This isn't when we do episodes. No sense. But what we are doing is we are talking about The Practice Season 5, Episode 3, Officers of the Court. This episode was written by David E. Kelly with his new buddy, Peter Blake, who was one of the uh, writers. Welcome, Peter. Welcome, Peter, who uh, won a bunch of awards because he worked on House as a producer and writer. He also wrote on Elementary, Hemlock Grove, Gotham, and El Candidato. This was directed by Dwayne Clark, who last directed Till Death Do Us Part, one of our favorite episodes, which now leaves us with the eternal question. What is that supposed to be? I have a beard. It's weird. Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? It's the season of big swings, Keith. That's what you said. Yes, it is. It is. But unfortunately, that goes hand in hand with a season that we've re- we've gone back to the previously ons. And mm-hmm. shocker, we are going, the, the practice heard us 20 years in the past that we love when they give us the three-part episode arc. And so here we are again. Bobby's still got an old friend who has not only lost his case, but lost his appeal, and Bobby still wants to fight. In addition, uh, with, this is the lying brother case with the, the, the wife who was killed or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got Eleanor, who, if you'll remember, after the end of last episode, said she was going to get this judge, the judge who uh, uh, threw out the $72 million settlement and said that he'd give him 160 some per kid. Mm-hmm. And Helen was not Helen. Uh, Eleanor was pissed. She was like, "I'ma get him." In fact, they showed a close-up of that in the previous Leons. And then, okay, so we're going to revisit both those things. And let's not Ryan. forget, in uh, case B, Helen herself, Hel- evil Helen, is now good Helen, and she right. conscience Helen, and she, I'm guessing, is going to be uh, having all kinds of issues with the people in her department. But Keith, then on the previous Leon, they show. Way back to season one or two, when Jimmy had his like hooker friend who he always gets off from being hooker charges. Right, right. And he, he at the end of the clip, he tells her to like uh, get a paper route or something. Right. After, if you remember, this was the one where he got arrested because she was trying to blow him in the car. Right. As like a thank you. As a thank you. And she did the little drummer voice little drummer boy speech. So we're not going to get $72 million, but I'm going to guess that Eleanor succeeds in her vendetta against this judge and gets him censured or something, which is not a huge swing. My big swing is this, Keith. Yes. Uh, I see the little drummer boy uh, down here. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking maybe it's a toy for a baby. What if Jimmy, since he's no longer with Kittleson, has to defend that girl again, but mm-hmm. she's pregnant with baby Berludi. Ooh. 
They've been behind the scenes. They've been hooking up, and Jimmy mm-hmm. Berluti has fathered a child, a potential child, with a former prostitute question mark, and there will be fallout personally and professionally. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. That's interesting. No, is that uh, no mean, thought, no, no beliefs. Is that the little drummer boy? Am I right about that? At least that is little. Well, if you remember. Uh, in her previous episode, it back all the way back in season two, this was the first Joey Herrick episode, consequently, uh, she gave the little speech about the little drummer boy and how grateful she was, and which mm-hmm. is why she wanted to go down to Clown Town with Jimmy. Uh, so right. And got so that's so obviously we're referring to her return and her amazing little So it could be baby Berluti. You're not ruling it out. I'm not rule. I don't rule anything out at this stage. Anything could happen. Uh, but first, Your Honor, that verdict was scrap. The truth was concealed. It must be revealed. And now it's appealed, 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 appealed. I don't. I don't even remember that we had that. But now yeah, I do. Well, we do. Well, we have an appeal, and I am appealing myself because as I pulled up my IMDb page to get ready for us to talk about this episode, I realized I credited the wrong director. I credited Dwayne Clark when really it is Genossois who has directed many episodes of The Practice up to this point. Clearly, I did not get that right, but completely I'd like to formally revoke my welcome to Mr. Clark then, until, until it's due. No, 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 no. He directed last episode, and you welcomed Peter Blake, the writer, who is <laughs> properly credited on this film. So uh, Mr. Clark is no one? Mr. Clark was who directed last episode, okay. Germ Warfare. Mm-hmm. I know, it all gets very confusing. Uh, but my favorite credit for Jean Soir, of course, is Jaws 2, which I happened to be watching part of mm-hmm. literally two nights ago. The time and space continuum has yet again been breached by the OOPP. Well, it's it's because uh, at this time of year and all time of year, Jillian just chain watches horror movies because it's it's just fun. So we, it's we, not we, enough to live one, Jill. We gotta watch them too. We, we gotta watch all, all like <sighs> every single night. It's it's not what are we gonna watch. It's which horror movie gonna are we gonna watch? And we watched an early seventies like nineteen seventy one movie directed by the original director of Jaws 2 who was fired and then subsequently replaced with Jeannot. So anyway, I went down the IMDb rabbit hole on that, which of course brought me to Jaws 2, which I began watching. All of that is not interesting to anybody. Mm -mm. But you know what is interesting? The episode! It's time to actually watch the episode! The Practice Officers of the Court, Season 3, Episode 5. Switch over to your podcasting service of choice, and let's do this. Season 5, Episode 3, Officers of the Court. Of the Court! Jimmy's in lockup. All right, first off, let's reintroduce Tracy Mittendorf as Jimmy's prostitute client slash old friend slash possible baby mama. He and uh, he's Jimmy don't know about it if that's the case. 
It's surprise. No, she has clearly been arrested, and now they're going to talk about it. You didn't. Welcome tell back, me Tracy. That. I didn't want you to get mad. How could you still be doing drugs? It was just this one time. Billy left me. He left me like this. I just. What about rehab? Okay, Billy. I called that number that, that you gave me, but they said that I couldn't interview for, for two weeks, and then I lost the number. How far along are you? Pretty far. Far enough, I'd say. Eight months. Very dramatic music. What if, if she goes to prison? Jimmy's gonna have to take this baby. Can you get me out? Totally. Jimmy. You were smoking crack with an eight-month baby. It was just once, I swear. No, it wasn't. Oh, Jimmy, I'll do the rehab. I'll do anything that you want me to do. Please just get me out. Jimmy's pissed, and you know what? <clears throat> he should be. Yeah. If I get you out, and I'm not saying I can, but if I do, you go into rehab immediately, straight from the courthouse. I promise. I like that they Tell led with this. Tell me about So we've got two giant cases on the back burner, and yet we're not even going to lead with that. No, and we have a, a returning guest star from season two. This is really like reaching out to those uh, fans who were watching back when nobody else was watching. Yeah, it's not so. I'm excited about it because I like that character. I like that dynamic. I'm on board. I'm on board. And it's nice to see Jimmy back on the show because yeah. <laughs> he kind of wasn't there for uh And not with sort two. of a, like, too conservative viewpoint, right? Obviously, it's not a far, uh, it's not too much of a stretch to say he'd be pissed that his friend that he's helped on multiple occasions is not only hooking again, but smoking crack. Yes, that it is not a wildly conservative viewpoint to say don't smoke crack with a baby. Okay, everyone, let's get Unless started. Unless you're a Supreme Court justice. Somebody make it official that you're in charge? Mm. I can't really make Brain's it. Brain's beating I can't character. Sorry. Don't Crack. make it. I don't hey. even know how that made sense. Okay, let's go. Jimmy. Keith, could you play the Lucy bumper? Oh, would, would you like to? I All do. right, I hold would. on. All right, okay, that's fine. Where I'm just going to play random ones till I find it. Oh, I did. Here it is. It is time to contemplate the answer to one of God's greatest mysteries. What the hell is Lucy? Uh, Lucy is apparently on the 1980s Tiffany Mall tour uh, because mm. here in the year 2000, she is rocking the d -d 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 denim jacket and uh, loving the, every minute of it. The Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> I've never heard that before. You have not? Oh, no. that's pretty common. Well, Jennifer you didn't grow up basically in Canada like cocaine. I did. Again? I got a motion to kick at nine. Hey, she's Rebecca. eight months pregnant. What? And she's smoking crack? Believe me, I tore into her already. She better hope her baby doesn't die. She could be charged with murder. Did you tell her okay, that? Okay, Kelly, I want you to give me that did, line I will. at an 11. Thank you, Lindsay. Even though you have shot. no dog in this right. fight. Back. How's the research coming? Okay. Can you give me something a little more than okay? I'm seeing Scott Wallace later. Sure. We can argue reversible error when Judge Wolf didn't have an evidentiary hearing on whether Richard Bay suborned perjury. Now, since we have Helen Gamble with us, I think that's our best shot. 
What else? Well, the neighbor's testimony that he heard lots of fights between Scott Wallace and his wife, prior bad conduct, inadmissible. We could argue reversible error there, too. All right. Lucy, we forgot you were on the show, the so you're going to give you a whole bunch of exposition. Mm -hmm. I can't, actually. I'm a little jammed. Not on my calendar, you're not. I have an appointment with the chief judge <laughs> of the district court today. Thanks. About Thanks, what? Uh, Lucy. Judge Aldrich. I didn't know. I'm keeping you out of it. So. Eleanor, we can't afford to be alienating. It's one meeting. The appointment's made. I'm doing it. Aldrich She's is out of line. The judge. I'm not staying quiet. Forget it. Might not be a great idea for their reputation, though. But then again, what reputation? Look, she said it. I was it observing 4320 South Holden Green. It's a known crack house. I witnessed Jennifer Cole exiting. She was stumbling and disoriented. So the it sounds the like the Jimmy case is going to be the A case here. Drugs. What did and you do? Just might be. I exited my vehicle, approached the suspect, identified myself as a police officer, and then engaged her in conversation. Her behavior confirmed my suspicion that she was high. Could you describe that behavior? She was sweating and jittery and was slurring her speech. What did you do then, officer? I conducted a... All right, yeah, we know she was on crack. Uh, but this lawyer, we are having a season two reunion because Kate Burton is back as the DA here. And meanwhile, the cop we're listening to is played by Kevin McClatchy. Hey, Kevin. And the judge is played by Deborah Mooney. Keith, uh, sorry to get meta here, but I just received mm. word from a neighbor, and this is weird kismet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been, there have been these people to there's been these weird people coming sort of casing our building we were concerned it was a security issue but i just got word from a neighbor that they spoke to them and apparently our landlord is trying to sell the building and they're gonna maybe demolish it and gut renovate it oh yep so, well that's hey time, welcome to astoria if you timing. uh if you hold still long enough somebody will demolish you gut renovate you and raise your rents so, uh, although there's now that my neighbors are talking back and forth about, oh, we might get a settlement offer, which we, me and Jen would miss out on. And that would absolutely blow. But I don't think oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that works that way. I think just Quick pat down off for weapons. Yeah, they give you 90 I days. I plainly feel an object in her jacket pocket. It was immediately apparent to me that the object was a rock of crack cocaine. How did you know? Well, I received extensive training in recognizing crack. Oh, I smoked the shit out of crack. That's small how I object, know. asymmetrical, <laughs> rough edges. A rock of crack. Then what? And I reached inside the defendant's jacket and removed approximately 100 milligrams of what was determined to be crack cocaine wrapped in paper. This rock of crack, how big was it? About a half an inch in Bam. diameter. So that's no bigger than what, an aspirin? About that size. And this tiny little thing was, as you put it, wrapped in paper? That's correct. In fact, it was inside a scrunched up brown paper bag, right? Yes. And the bag was inside a jacket, a big winter overcoat, in fact. I don't recall exactly. Officer, I'm showing you what's been admitted as people's three. This the jacket Miss Cole was wearing? Looks like it, yeah. So, you do this one pad of Miss Cole's body, through this thick-down overcoat and through a crumpled-up paper bag, you feel this tiny little lump, and you immediately know it's crack cocaine? Yes. No way it was jewelry, candy? No. All this from just one pat? Yes. We received comprehensive and extensive training. How many times have you used these comprehensive and extensive training techniques to frisk suspects for crack cocaine, officer? 
Probably wow. 10 times. And how many arrests resulted from these comprehensively trained pat-downs, officer? Jimmy's coming in hot, man. He's going full Sixth Two Amendment. So the other eight people you seizure. frisked were innocent? Nothing further, Your Honor. Ms. Alexander, the witness may step down. Does the Commonwealth have anything else? No, but I would like to remind the court that in addition to pat-downs being constitutionally permissible, this woman is eight months pregnant, and I would like to ask the court to seriously consider the consequences of charges against Ms. Cole are dismissed without prejudice. You bring me some new evidence. You can refile. Ms. Cole, you are free to go. Okay, so uh, right, the Jimmy. credits just barely started, stopped rolling, and we've gotten one client off thus far. Way to go, Jimmy. Something tells me that this isn't over. I want to thank you, Your Honor, for being gracious enough to see me. Well, there was nothing gracious Hold about it. Hold so on. I got my number and woke me from a deep... Holding. Cameron has just talked to this head judge played by John Alward and... We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. Indeed, John Alward is here. He was last seen as the center panelist in the Rydell hearing in season two, another season tour, and will be back as a different judge next season. Sleep. I had no idea what I was saying yes to. We were basically blackmailed, Your Honor. Judge Aldrich told us to accept the knockdown number or else. And the else being that he would order a new trial, keep the case, and steer us into defeat. You're talking about one of my most respected colleagues. Who committed gross abuse of discretion. I don't know what that's true. What he did did not respect you, Your Honor, or the court. It was blackmail. And I am not overstating it. I would say that you could argue that he didn't overreact as far as the settlement is concerned, but the threat that if you bring this back up, I'm going to just keep denying you. That That is Right, and that's and up. that is her point here. Yeah. And she ate this? Yes. My co-counsel, Lindsay Dole, was present, as was opposing counsel. Ugh. His office is, it looks like the big tobacco's office. If you thought office. the judge was out of bounds, you should have asked the court reporter to step in. That's not he what my office is going to look like. never would have said that on the record. But you need a record in order for me to act, Miss Frutt. My office is At my minimum, bedroom. you should have appealed the reduction instead. <laughs> Literally. You agreed to the knockdown and you took the money. My clients took it under duress. Well, that was a big mistake. And you made it. Maybe that's what's eating you. What's eating me is being blackmailed by a judge. What he did was corrupt. I don't see that on any appellate record. It's corrupt. What would be my options? You could move for a new trial, request that Judge Aldrich recuse himself. But Judge Aldrich would be the one who would rule on those motions. Correct. Is there another option? 
You could file a motion with the Circuit Court of Appeals to have him removed for bias. You could uh, That's file a motion do. at that fancy court set we just built in the other lot. your word be against nice his. I'm just going to redress these it. Judges with some more judges there. Circuit Court judges. Do you understand? He doesn't just get a jury of his peers here. He gets his friends. That's what I want to do. Oh, I'd convict the I shit out of you, Mike. and hard about yeah, that. Yeah, we've already established it. <laughs> well, now it sounds like you're threatening me. No. I'm giving you some advice. Keith, but I thought it was a fair and impartial judiciary. Complaint. Have I been wrong all these years? What? I mean, it's not like they join a cult or anything. <laughs> yeah, no. It's not like they're all handmaidens. Oh, wait. This is our. This is real. Holy shit! Richard, Everyone is sneaks it? up on me if this shit's happening. Again? There's nothing really to talk about, Helen. Uh, Would you at least give me twenty seconds? Look, I know this goes against your fiber, but sometimes the people we charge with crimes are innocent. Scott Wallace is not innocent. My point being, I think he is. I also believe a witness lied after you coached him. We know. We saw Richard, the last two episodes. officers of the court. It has to mean something. I understand That's that. That's the title Helen. of the episode. I also <laughs> understood you to be my friend. And you cut my legs out. You basically accused me in open court of being dishonest. Well, to be honest, we didn't have to cut your legs out. Taking you were short enough to begin personally. with. Oh, boo! Let me tell you something, Helen. I get called a lot of things. The short. defense attorneys call me the midget. The judges midget. call me little Napoleon. I take a lot of abuse. But I get through it every day because I also have a reputation for being good at what I do. And I have a reputation for being an honest person. That reputation is dear to me. Uh, during the costume fitting, clearly she was like, now, guys, you know, I, I'll wear whatever you put my way. But uh, does the collar on this turtleneck need to be eight inches tall? I, I feel like a Victorian vampire. <laughs> and when a colleague... A Maybe it's anti-vampire. Up and obliterates trying to protect your neck. Maybe it's chainmail. I mean, it's a substantial turtleneck. She has no neck. Jimmy. Hey, I thought I could drive you to the hospital. Hospital? Rehab. I got you all set up. You can do it outpatient. Well, I was gonna go see my aunt today. You can see her after, Jennifer. You promised. Okay. What's up? They're arresting her again. please step aside. Jennifer Cole, you're under arrest. What? Arrest? Please put your hands behind your back. What the hell is going on, Susan? Distribution of a controlled substance to a minor. Distribution? Distribution of what? Don't say anything. What the hell are you talking about? Oh. Distributing to who? The baby. My baby. Oh, kid. wow. You're smoking crack for two now. What is she talking about? What are you doing? Jimmy! You have the right Jimmy. to silent. Anything you say can Imagine we'll reading those audition signs. You're smoking you right crack for two now. Yeah. It's fun to see all these uh season two for it. Just calm folks down back. and hear me out. I won't hear you out. This is so ridiculous. There's never been a case made for distributing to a fetus, and you know it. Just because it's never been made before. She distributed cocaine to her baby through her bloodstream. I'll be moving for sanctions on this, and I'll get them. How sure are you she won't use again, like tomorrow? She has a viable baby. 
If she hasn't done any damage yet, she might the next time. I'm just looking to get her off the street until the child is born. I got her in rehab. Yeah, voluntary outpatient. Come on. You still can't arrest her. Technically, I can make the case. You're Read deluding the statute, yourself, Jimmy. There's no Delivering way you a drug can to win a this. Child, Susan, it could be blood you to blood. You can't win. I can if you don't fight me. You're asking me to conspire with you to keep her in jail? One month until the baby is born. No collusion. This is a rock and a hard place for, for this woman. I do, and I'm telling you, she'll go yeah, crazy inside. A rock. She needs help, not jail. This is the only way she's going to get help. If she walks, it'll be straight Ooh. to the Who's going to crack yes. open this case? Don't know that? Do you know what crack does to a baby? It cuts off the blood flow, oxygen, nutrients, I seizures, just heart attacks, brain damage. I just cocaine put my friend in jail. You can just keep spooning him out, huh? <laughs> Let's plead this out. Inpatient I, rehab, Not to needle you. No jail. <laughs> You're asking me to cop to a bogus charge. I'm asking you to consider you really have to Submit your puns here. for cocaine use to <laughs> out of practice podcast at gmail.com. She she'll OD, Miss Carrie, who knows what'll happen. She trusts you and you can help her. I mean, this puts Jimmy in an interesting position because you they are actually genuinely trying to help. This is a very popular judge, and the other judges aren't likely to sanction him. Well, what about the settlement that we agreed to? Well, if we undo it, hopefully we can get you more. In defeat, you keep what you have. So what happens? Well, we have a hearing scheduled for tomorrow at 3.30. There's nothing to lose. Okay. Hey, Bobby. Welcome to your show. Yeah. You that was Steve Rankin, oopsie winner, back as Mr. Jameson. What's the problem? The problem, Eleanor, is this is not something attorneys do. Why? Because the federal court is like a club as far as judges go. They have tenure. They stick together. And the only thing that will come out of this is this firm will be retaliated against. Oh, please, what can they do to us? What can they do to us? You just Ooh, saw firsthand color. what they can do. They could cut damage That's awards, good color, overturn though, so verdicts, give lousy shape. instructions, deny bail, cut fees. What can't they do? Not to mention they could put all our cases at the bottom of the docket and we'd never even get the trial. What you're doing here could hurt all our clients. At a minimum, this should have been the subject of a partnership meeting. Well, I've had bad experiences with partnership meetings. Snide isn't what I was looking for. Bobby, I have a plan, okay? I was hoping to heard avoid that one a lot when I was a kid. Aldrich. How? I have a meeting scheduled with the lawyers for the EPA. I think with just a threat of the knockdown number being thrown out, I can chip the number up a little. Somehow I don't believe this is about chipping up a number. I am only trying to help the client. This is not about vengeance. Hmm. Can it be about I both? I don't understand. You plead guilty to distribution. They'll recommend straight probation for a year. Probation? So long as you get residential treatment. I hate those places, Jimmy. All those freaky junkies and weirdos. It'd be like poison for the baby. You need help, Jennifer. Well, you got an addiction. I, don't know that I do that's not. A good I can argument. stop whenever. Uh, uh, then why haven't you? Eight right, months pregnant. Avoiding poison for the baby. You? I'll go to my aunt's house. There's this little room. It's like the perfect size. I, 
I got no curtains yet because they're, they're either going to be blue or pink, you know? Jennifer. Rehab's no place for a baby. The baby should be at home. Well, we're not talking about keeping you in there Excuse past me, the pregnancy. I, I mean, this is a really a tough real life, real life situation and when you're dealing with addiction. I think you ought to take the plea. It's the best thing for you. Yeah, clearly she's really a severe addict. Go away. No, no, he can't enable you anymore. Old friend, maybe, or just old client that became a friend. It's ambiguous as to what the relationship really is. Was. I think she she was one of his first clients. No, because like he. Yeah, I don't know. I'm unclear. Hello. Hey. We're hoping next week. We're visiting Bruce no, Davidson no, no, in the prison. Push it up, Bobby. I, I can't. Now take this is his third episode me. with us, Keith. Has he won an oopsie yet? He has not. He has not won an oopsie yet. I feel like he's really got it. He's got an Oscar nomination, but zero oopsies. And that's I don't big. know if his career is complete. That's big. And they see me as some rich guy. I mean, I'm going to be meeting up with the end of a broomstick in here. Yeah, you got to get me out. Scott. I mean, uh, minimum security. No Donnie Wahlberg. Something. Work release. Scott. I mean, I got money. Milken got out with money. I can pay. He was in on securities fraud. You're in for murder. Get me out. Oh, speaking of hanging tough, he just flipped. We see his rage again. Yeah, now, of course, I'm watching this. I'm like, wait, did he do it? Yeah, right? I We're thought we had established last week he didn't do it. As soon as possible, Scott. Talk about muddy well, the waters. What if he did do it and the brother lied? Well, and that's that's the thing. Like, all we've established is that he really shouldn't have been convicted. But not having enough evidence to convict or having faulty evidence that convicts you is not the same thing as innocent. Shades of gray wherever I go. The more Shades I find out, the less that I know. Bruce right. Davidson is still on the show, but has no oopsies. Hmm. I mean, the judge made all of those mistakes. I, mean, I gotta get a new trial. I mean, give me a brand new trial. That's what we're hoping for. So you gotta hurry, Bonnie. I thought I was okay, but I'm feeling I'm, maybe I'm not. Just hurry. I heard a rumor that they raped the Fonz, and uh, that's not going to go for me. Yeah, I was also big in the 70s and 80s. Do you expect us to laugh? No, I don't expect that, Mr. Myers. John Prosky and David Starczyk are back tomorrow. as the These EPA attorneys. To appear as witnesses if you refuse. And you think if you call us as witnesses, we'll testify that Judge Aldrich was guilty of blackmail? I think if called as a witness, you will give truthful testimony, yes. And we all know what happened in that room. Ms. Frutt, I truly do admire your fortitude. But if you have any notion that we will compromise our client's interests... You wouldn't be lawyers in this proceeding. You'd be witnesses. You're insane. Yep. Look, we're not really here trying to secure you as witnesses. Why are you here? If we're successful uh, we're at overturning Judge Aldridge, you. that $72 million verdict could be reinstated. You have to be concerned about that. We're not. Do you really want to <laughs> risk it? The odds of that panel overturning Judge Aldridge is... Do this you want to risk it? $72 million. You're getting I mean, doled. kind of. It's, it's very dramatic. Dramatic. For $6 million, we'll drop the complaint against Aldridge. 
Once again, I must ask. Someday I want to start a sentence with for six you million dollars. You won't be laughing if the seventy-two comes back. I think we'll run that risk. Anything else? We in the wrong business, Keith. Oh, profoundly in all of the businesses that we're in. Yes, I would assume we're in any business, actually. You really are an ass. For all of our hobbies, we're in the wrong hobbies. Somehow I get a check every week and I'm not sure what's happening. Every time I'm like, what? What? Every other week. Yeah, me too. Especially these days when I report on theater, which isn't happening. Buying his way out of jail. Is he talking about Fiji again? No, but... I just got off with the clerk from the appellate court. They can hear you next Tuesday. Scheduled. Can you have the brief, Freddie? Yeah, it'll be done. What time's the hearing? 3.30. I'm gonna go see Aldrich now. What? Why? I'm gonna try the velvet glove first. You really think this guy's gonna listen to you after you file a motion against him? The velvet glove, Keith. Mmm. Docket number 3542, Commonwealth versus Jennifer Cole. Susan Alexander for the Commonwealth, Your Honor. James Verluti for the defendant, Wave Reading. We're entering a plea of guilty pursuant to an agreement. Let's hear it. One year in the House of Corrections, suspended. One year probation, as long as she enters a detox center today. Upon release, she immediately goes to a halfway house, then to a sober facility for the term of her probation. Just a second. This is the same offense as yesterday? No, Your Honor, this has nothing to do with the search. The defendant was seen by witnesses ingesting cocaine. The charge is is distribution. She is in her eighth month of pregnancy. She ingested cocaine, distributing the drug to her unborn child. Come again? The distribution was to her fetus. They've clearly upped her makeup, Tracy's makeup, to make her look like she's going through withdrawal. To your client, the nature of these charges? Yes, Your Honor. Miss Cole understands the charges against her. Do you? (laughs) Zing. Ms. Cole, did Mr. Berluti explain that it's extremely unorthodox for a pregnant woman to be charged with this crime? Sorry? What did your lawyer say about the case against you? I don't know. He said I should take the plea. Did he say why? Your Honor, I'm addressing the defendant. Oh, did shit. he say why you should take the plea? He said we probably wouldn't win this. Jimmy's going rogue Verlady, to help his buddy. Ms. Alexander. Eleanor's going rogue because she pits. I have never seen this law enforced against pregnant women. That doesn't mean it can't be. I'm not sure you're right about that. But even if you are, I Who's see this no judge basis she great? for a defense Deborah attorney Mooney. to surrender. What did you two do? Decide on a punishment? Then flip through the general laws in search of a crime? Precisely. I don't believe you have the right to change a plea agreement. I certainly have the right to reject one. On what grounds? Due process, unethical behavior, lack of legal basis, collusion. Take your pick. No collusion. What's our role today, Mr. Berluti? Lawyer or mother? I advised my client. The fact that you may disagree with my advice does not make me unethical. You took and an I go out on a limb for my hot clients. clients' legal interests, counsel. He's hoping Getting for a velvet glove of his own. Doesn't qualify. Yeah. Did you inform her that this case would likely not make 
I told her I couldn't be sure. Mr. Berluti, you might as well answer my question, because next I will be asking her. Did your client, when agreeing to this plea, fully appreciate that she would probably not be convicted of the crime with which she was charged? My client is a crackhead. She can't even fully appreciate that she's killing her baby. Zing. This, you know, this whole plea case is rejected. brings I'm up how both of you to the state bar. Get backwards, out. we Ever still see a are. Cocaine, baby, Your Honor? Mr. Berluti, you are an officer of the court who is one word away from contempt. Oh, officer well, of the court, second him, time. Yeah, drink. And also put him in jail. Also drink. I mean, well, but also, there's some fries I, I think, left over, I think. Yeah, right. We really I think don't want to go after you. This case really does make an interesting point about how our legal system is just not set up to deal with addiction very well or at all. And I think that's, it certainly wasn't back at your, further, further. <laughs> we're, we're definitely like, no, further forward. Yeah. Uh, I, we're just not set up to deal with addiction. And it's starting to get a little bit better, but we're still in the 2000, right in the middle of like the tough on crime, tough on drugs era. And we're just, you know, this poor woman needs help. And you have to sort of pervert justice to get her help at this era in our uh, in our history. Keith, do you it's, want to explain uh, what's happening here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Mike is when he was trying to pause the episode, he shot us back about 20 <laughs> minutes and he is desperately searching for where we were. So I think he did good. I think he got there. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. So now I we're going to keep go making mouth noises really until you found it. You. We're getting the velvet glove treatment. I'm touched by that. Your Honor, we have great respect for both you and your position. But our feeling really. is you did cross a line here. Let me tell you something, Ms. Doe. These I judges have so trial. much tchotchke in their Every offices. Day, there was no case. You people should be laughing to get 400000 But that's an evaluation of the merits, which is the jury's function. The jury blew it. Okay. But to go from $72 million to 400 I mean, if I could prevail upon you to revise Matthews. the knockdown number, I could certainly Still. prevail upon the client to pull back on their complaint. The client isn't pushing this. Eleanor Frutt is the driving force here. Don't you think I know that? Well, here's something she should know. I have life tenure. I will be here a long, long time with a vivid memory, and you people will not intimidate me. We're not looking to do that. Tell Miss Frutt I'm issuing a gag order in connection with this case. If she says one word to the press, she's in contempt. And if she snorts out a single negative utterance about me to anybody, I will refer her to the federal disciplinary panel for violating the court rules for disparaging a judge. If she wants a fight, she's got one. You go tell her that, Miss Dole. Now that seems just as shady as the other thing. Mm-hmm. Richard, did you have the Wallace file removed from my office? They're working on an appeal, Helen. Certainly Helen, you don't, don't expect act me handling surprised it. now that people are going to be pissed at you. I couldn't presume your cooperation. For all I know, you might make copies of our work product and hand them to the defendant. Look, I think you know in your head what I did wasn't personal, and what you're doing now is. 
You act on your well, principles, Helen. I'll act on mine. Even though she was right, she fucked him so hard. Politics? With what she did. what's going on, Richard. I still have ears. Suddenly I'm a pariah in the department and you're choosing to distance yourself. That's fine. Let's not forget, your career was hanging by a thread a few months ago, and I'm the one who stood with you and behind you. Now the idea that the association with me could be detrimental, you run. And now you're in the opening credits. You're a hypocrite and a coward. Whoa. Please do take that personally. Whoa. Yeah. Guess dinner's off tonight. <laughs> so you lied to me. I, didn't I don't lie. know how we're supposed to feel about Helen. I just I don't know. I've a good chance of getting this case dismissed. <laughs> yes. You lied to me. Jennifer, I'm just trying to keep you safe until the baby is born. You're still using, for God's sake. So what happens now? We go back in before Judge Spindle this afternoon. She might bond you over for trial. She might kick the case, depending on how convincing the DA is. I want another lawyer. If you want me to beat it, I'll try. I want another lawyer. Can I get a public defender? I'm sure you could. Then but that's what I want. You're fired, Jimmy. Please leave. Jennifer. You're fired. Keith, can I change my big prediction? Yeah. She's gonna get out, and You're they find her dead by dead the end of the episode. Or killing your baby. Her and the baby are dead. Guard. It's the only sort of conclusion that makes this the dramatic impact I think that David Kelly is going for. I can't speak to it. I can't. I, no spoilers. Especially with the like sort of heavy-handed makeup we're starting to see. I sense we're headed for a an OD. And he More said bad if he opted 70s for a new trial, he would probably remit the next award to seventy-five thousand. He was clearly threatening to punish us if we exercised our legal rights. Ms. Frutt, judges try to steer lawyers all the time. This was much more than steering. It was a threat. May I respond to that? Please do. If I was guilty of poor judgment, it was in allowing any award. For me, 75 was too high. But when you're sitting in front of sympathetic parents who've gone through the ordeal of a long trial in the wake of a jury verdict, I didn't want them to walk away empty-handed. That's why I gave them the 135. I let Ms. Frutt know she shouldn't bank on my continued sense of charity. You chipped a $72 million award down to $400,000 out of a sense of charity? I allowed you to keep the four hundred dollars on a claim that was really worth nothing. We've certainly allowed murder charges to stand against people who caused the death of unborn that viable extra fetuses. extra in the front row looks like she parties, might be dying, not the too. Mother. Moreover, for drug distribution, you have to establish a specific intent, and there's been no showing of that. Jimmy specific showed up intent to the case can be inferred. Anyway, Are you suggesting she intended to poison the fetus with cocaine? All I'm suggesting is that if you commit an act that causes a result that is not only foreseeable, but in fact unavoidable, intent can be inferred. I'm sorry, Ms. Alexander, but I have to consider the legislative intent. And there is no evidence that the drug distribution laws were ever meant to apply to pregnant mothers under this fact pattern. Well, there's no evidence to disprove the legislation. Ambiguity cuts in favor of the defendant. All I'm asking is that As you bind should. her over. Let's just hold her. I until... can't do that. In the alternative, I'd like yeah, to this continue this matter. Allow me to thing. do further research. Denied. The charges against Ms. Cole are dismissed. This time I am doing so with prejudice. 
The defendant is free to go. We are adjourned. She well, this go is what high. I mean. This is what I mean about the system not being set up to help people, because that is the right thing for the judge to do. But it's the wrong thing in terms Let's of go. like what's best for everybody. Go where? Rehab. Everything set up. I'm not going anywhere with you, Jimmy. Jennifer, you have a problem. Whatever my problems are, I'm not about to come to you with them. Bye. Mike is you gonna be right. People hardly have an unblemished track record, Miss Frutt. In fact, I might go so far as to say you have but a penchant for deceit. But meanwhile, stop it right there, Whatever because you we need to talk about. Of judges. All right. Well, there are three judges here. We're gonna hear from uh, some other folks, <laughs> but the important one uh, is. Uh, John Edwin Shaw is the other judge we actually hear from who's not an extra, but the judge we're about to hear from is played by Bruce French as Judge M. Walters, and get ready! Yeah! We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before, but now you get twice the residuals rhyming at your door. Welcome back to the practice. I'll pretend that I don't recognize that I saw you in season two and you Patter sections. First you were a killer, but now you're set free. First the parents made they feel it, but you had a goatee and maybe fooling someone dimmer, but you don't fool me. We're not here to judge, but you just might be welcome, welcome back, back to, to the, the practice, practice tonight. Yes, indeed, Bruce. Uh, Bruce French, who was last seen as A.G. A.G. Waldron in Spirit of America, one of our favorite episodes, the uh, the mm-hmm. fake documentary. Don't worry, we're going to get to play this again, because he will be back as a third character. You're either friends with production, or you just that damn good. Or that damn unremarkably looking. (laughs) Think of our pensions. We have always played by the rules. He didn't. It was cowboy justice. I have to say, as I see the facts, most judges wouldn't have let this even go to trial. Your Honor. We were in that room. We heard what he said and the tenor of how he said it. It was blackmail. He took away our Seventh Amendment right to a jury trial, and then he threatened us if we dared appeal. That's not the way it's supposed to work. I know Judge Aldrich. I've known him for 20 years. We saw this he is no Jack Kennedy. His word than that of a few criminal defense attorneys who moonlight with contingent fee cases. I object to that. Do you have anything else, counsel? So... They're looking over at the EPA lawyers. Yes, Your Honor. I'd like to call Mitchell Kravitz. What are you doing? I have no idea. Mr. Kravitz, please come forward and be sworn in. Please raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, God? I do. Uh, I guess so. Please be seated. What are you going to ask him? I don't know. You ask him something. Okay, Miss Frutt. You may question Mr. Kravitz. Playing fast and loose over there. Sir, 
You were in Judge Aldrich's Big chambers the day one. in question for the transaction in question in your capacity as defense counsel for the Environmental Protection Agency. True? True. You've been sitting here listening to my version of what happened and to the one offered by Judge Aldrich. Do you have an opinion as to which version is more accurate? Given that I participated in this transaction as an attorney, I don't feel it's appropriate for me to also bear witness on the events. We have had a judge bearing witness, sir. It's okay if you do so as well. Your Honor, I represent clients. I have a duty to this those clients. This is a clients. hearing about the conduct of the officers of the court. It does not concern the interests Third of clients. Third time they said Certainly it. Certainly if it affects the Great. interests of clients, I can't be compelled I to I want testify. to know what went on in that room, sir. You heard Judge Aldrich a short time ago. We have all been listening ad nauseum to Ms. Frutt. Gross. Whose testimony today more accurately reflects what went on in that room? I thought it would have been that the guy. The court has asked you a question, Mr. Kravitz. It's true, I would have too. I believe the truth lies somewhere in the middle. On whose side of the middle does the truth lie? It's a great little beat here. Miss Frott. Wow. Oh, oh snap. You believe Judge Aldrich was guilty of judicial misconduct? I ask you a question, counsel. Do you believe Judge Aldrich was guilty of judicial misconduct? I think he conducted a fair trial. But what happened in his chambers after the verdict, while it wasn't blatant blackmail, it was definitely coercion. May I respond to that? Oh, shit. Go ahead. I strongly disagree with Mr. Kravitz's characterization. Let's remember he was in the throes of being smacked with a $72 million judgment. His career was probably flashing before his eyes. I resent that. I have the floor now, counsel. This guy's a dick. His powers of observation may have been on tilt. But surely not biased. Not against a judge ruling in his favor. Let me say also, a judge every single day exercises some coercion. Our dockets are jammed beyond repair with claims that have no real merit. This was one such claim. We push. Steer, bend, influence, and yes, coerce. We do it every day. If we didn't, God help the mess, not to mention the injustice. The line is a gray one. I submit to you, I did not cross it here. The facts underlying this case did not justify a $72 million verdict. I was there at the trial. I heard the evidence. This panel did not. There was no Thank abuse of my discretion. Too. Mm -hmm. The knockdown number was fair. Hubbub, hubbub, hubbub. Yes, <clears throat> extra judge, you weren't allowed to speak. I'm just going to lean in, but I'm not going to be able uh -huh. to be uh, uh -huh. to say a line. Because I haven't joined SAG yet. Huh? Gonna get that waiver. Actually, you didn't say anything, so... No, he's just 
Featured extra. I don't think this one's going the that way. The knockdown number is knocked out. Oh, shit. The award of $72 million is reinstated. Oh, shit. The defense is free to bring a new motion to remit once Keith, the case we has been reassigned. We ran! Shove that money right back we up my adjourned. ass! <laughs> Less than a few days later, it's back up my ass. This musical theme they always play when things go well. Jimmy's crackhead's gonna die, but Eleanor just built a new crackhead out of money. Very wise. The 72 will still get chopped down. We're gonna do some research and come up with a number to try and settle. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Always do. All right. Millionaires! So be flat if you're wondering. And we're at the hospital. Uh-oh, Mike. Jimmy's Jimmy's running trotting. in the hospital. Well, running is giving him a lot of credit. Whoa, whoa. Josh. Jimmy. Oh, shit. I shouldn't be talking to you. Doctor patient. Yeah, yeah. Partial placental abruption. Placental lining started to come loose from the uterine wall. Baby's dead. Coke. <clears throat> she started bleeding, had enough sense to call EMS, went into shock. The baby? We delivered. Little girl. Three and a half pounds. All right, baby made it. All right. It's too early to tell. She lost oxygen because of the abruption. We're going to do a cranial ultrasound, check for a stroke. And there was cocaine in her body. Some agitation, maybe withdrawal. We had to notify social services. They're going to take the baby. <clears throat> All right, Meanwhile, nobody died. the doctor was played by Richard Tobel, who has seven Broadway credits, including most recently Indecent. But a very decent performance there. Mm-hmm. He's now going to tell Jennifer that they're taking the baby. Should not have been allowed in this hospital room. Oh, let me see her. Later. Is she okay? We don't know yet. The doctors are hoping. They're gonna take her away from me, won't they? Good single tear. Too soon to know anything, Jennifer. Did Miss Middendorf try to get win the oopsie? Or she was nominated early in our in our show, wasn't she? I don't think she won it. No, well, that was John Larroquette episode. Oh, forget it. We could write that wrong today, okay. Keith. We could write that wrong. Hmm. Unless Larroquette shows up right now. Ta-da! <laughs> we don't know if her performance is cracked up to it, though. Oh. It's a reuse. It, strike it from the record. <laughs> you can't recycle crack. Single use only. You see that weird red lighting in the doorway down the hallway? There? That was bizarre. It's probably the exit sign, yeah? 
Oh. Jimmy is now Speaking scary of sag waivers, the Now we got an infant sag waiver. The I coveted. Think it's a puppet. You, yeah, I don't think it's a puppet. I think that is a. My first credit on my IMDb is Crack Baby. <laughs> oh no. We do we have a bumper for that? Who's that Crack Baby? <laughs> I don't think it's cre- an uncredited Crack Baby. Comedian? <laughs> All right, and Jimmy stares through the glass at the crack baby slash crack puppet sadly and now it is time to switch back over to the YouTubes if you want to see our sleepy faces while we talk about mm. wow <laughs> we have needled each other we have spooned out some comedy Oof. and now we have recycled every one of the puns we said before reduce reuse recycle the out of practice podcast and speaking of of recycling, we are now going to do the thing that we always do at this stage. Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Y'all, Eleanor has been pissed all week and she finally takes that judge to court and guess what? She wins. They say, judgment thrown out, $72 million, back up all our asses. Meanwhile, Bobby in the other case with his friend, now his friend is mad again, so maybe he is a killer. So we're a little bit confused, but we are no further along the trail because we didn't really talk about it too much. Lastly, uh, what's last? Oh, yeah, Crack Baby was had. She may be healthy. She didn't go to jail, but Jimmy was able to be, uh, you know, he gave a, a very stern look at the end. And that's about all that. <laughs> the old, that's about all the accountability that was allowed in this episode. Wow. Okay. That, that one was uh that was good. I, I I can't wait for for David to see this episode. And I think you know we you know what we should do for David E. Kelly. We should uh package up all of your 30-second recaps and send them to him. They and and like our entire podcast was just you doing the 30-second recaps of every episode of the show. That would uh I think he'd. I think he'd really enjoy that. As I listen back to some of them in post, I realize that somebody's always pissed. Someone's always pissed. Well, you know that is the drama is conflict. That's how this works. Yeah, you're right. You're That's right. how this works. Uh, you want to know what else works? It's time for. It's time for. There we Ladies go. and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present. Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, they're a fake award show we do at the end of every episode, which I keep explaining, even though we are 87 episodes into this. But, as you know, we begin with the... Okay, most valuable lawyer. <clears throat> well, yeah, the fan. Yeah. <laughs> Every week. 
I really haven't got a, a good strategy for that yet. <laughs> um, well, it's not Jimmy, because Jimmy got fired. He, he sure did. pulled some bullshit. He got fired. Uh, but he's a good friend. He's definitely a good friend. He is a good friend, yeah. Unfortunately, it is not most valuable friend. As no, it's we've not. come to learn. So I'm going to say, you know, it's got to be Eleanor. I mean, she not only uh, continued to push the envelope even after going up incredible odds. You don't put a judge up against a panel of his buddies and think Especially that you're going to win. federal judge, yeah. And even when it was not looking good, she pulled that wild card, that audible, and called the EPA lawyer up who ended up vouching for them and she got that 72 mil back which they'll have to resettle and it won't be 72 million but nonetheless uh asses will be plugged with more cash because of eleanor frutt yeah i mean she pulled that 72 million dollars out of her ass like there's no question and she was brave enough to go after the judge in front of the other judges she stood her ground she called the audible at the last second which you know was a little bit of a dramatic cop out because like she brought them there in the first place. Yeah. And then like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you, you set it up and planned it for the last three days, but yes, but we'll, we'll, we'll let it go and give you Eleanor front your second most valuable lawyer award for season five already off to a good start ahead of the game. And now it's time to determine already famous. Cause you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Ow! I cut myself! (laughs) I knew it was going to happen. Did you really? Yeah! I thought that was a joke and you actually did. Oh man, that sucks. That's I, I just You know what? Cut that out. Show it to your preschool kids. Uh you know, I even held the scissors in the correct um they're very sharp. Anyway. I we have had a historic moment right now. Our first oopsie injury, our first Somebody has been injured. There was the time live during the Oopsie Awards. Live for sure. I did pull my groin sleeping once during the the podcast tenure. But oh oh my, I've been injured like a thousand times. I'm forty. I'm I'm terrible problems. Forty. I'm forty. That said, uh, injury aside, how um, (laughs) you know? Listen, Tracy Middendorf was great. And she was great her first appearance, and she was great again here. Uh, but I have to go with my gut, Keith. And I thought that in what could have been over an overwrought performance, mm-hmm. uh, it was still played with gusto, yet was very grounded and uh, in an amazing dick performance. I want to award mm. my oopsie to Dakin Matthews as Judge Will. Wow. Okay, well, we've had our first injury and our first... I got a very big dick. Okay, well, yeah, Dakin Matthews. Dickin Matthews, uh, congratulations on your half oopsie because I'm oh! giving my half to Tracy Middendorf because she deserved it. She did great. 
Uh, so look at that. We have a Splitsy, Dakin Matthews, yes, and we Tracy Vindendorf. Uh, Mike, that was not funny. <laughs> uh, it's not a laughing matter. You'll be hearing uh, from my attorneys. Uh, addiction is a very serious thing. Uh, we don't do puns. Not here on the podcast. We will not do puns. Uh, Keith, do you have a good right. Hillary? Because we have uh, Hillary is our new competition in the podcast arena. Oh, that's right. I uh, I do not have a Hillary. Let me see those I emails, wish. Keith. Let me see where where are those emails. Where are the emails? Where are my taxes? Alright, it's time Where for... Where is my Adderall? That's right. Killed your podiatrist to blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show Alright, we got a best actor to give away Shout out to Kelly Williams Shout out to Cameron Mannheim Mm-hmm. I think my oopsie, you can tell I, I'm looking at the clock and I'm ready to just wrap this up. TikTok. Uh, Michael Botaluco. Haven't handed him the hardware in quite a while, but he had to be concerned. He was stuck between a rock and a hard place, and he was excellent. And he was a, it was a great reminder why we loved Jimmy the Grunt from the beginning. Uh, his soft heart, his wonderful running technique, all of the above were on display this week. <laughs> and uh, I want to award Michael Botaluco. Welcome to season five, buddy. It's getting yes. good up in here. Indeed. All right. So wait, you said you were in a hurry? No, actually, I'm not. I, it's it's 220. We're good. Uh, I was going to do a whole thing where I was going to take forever, but now it's not even funny anymore. I don't All know that right. it would have been funny in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of assumptions Look, there, man. <laughs> one of us has claimed to be comedian and one of us rejected that title officially rejected that title uh but yes no i i it clearly um it's michael's episode i thought he did a really good job it's also in a situation like this it's there's a taste level not to do too much mm-hmm. because i think there's a there's a world in which you know he sees the baby who's suffering or whatever and just goes way over the top with it and we just we just saw it there he didn't do anything he just let it sort of take it in and that's sometimes doing less sometimes not giving us the single tier is the better performance and i think uh michael was really good at finding the level there to uh to live at so congratulations michael Bataluco, on your best actor oopsie award now the war continues. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Um. Last week was <laughs> money coming out of his ass. Yeah, money coming Tom out of his Brady. ass. Tom Brady. Here it is, right here. I've yet to see it, but you will see it as I do. Yeah. <clears throat> it, you know what? It's uh, not surprisingly, it's a picture of Tom Brady's ass with money coming out of it. Who would have guessed? Little on, little on the ass. Uh, <laughs> that shouldn't have made me laugh, but it did. <laughs> um, you know what? I could go uh, pretty obvious with this one and make you make and make you Photoshop crack baby Tom Brady, but I'm not going <laughs> to no. do that. I'm going to make it a little bit more bizarre, uh, but still fun, and and make you the winner for this week's the Tom Brady War for being Tom Brady is eight months pregnant Tom Brady. 
Okay. Congratulations. Eight, eight months pregnant Tom Brady. Wow. wow good, good for him. It's amazing he's able to keep playing, you know, with eight months in. I don't know. I'm telling you, you go I, vegan and anything could happen. I, I don't know why, you know, maybe in the third trimester you, you stop playing NFL football. But Well, the, prob we'll the problem is, is that he got pregnant in, in Florida, and it's very hard to find yourself a, a male abortion in Florida. Well, there's also no rules in Florida, so. That's true. You know, just, just go ahead and wrestle an alligator, take some meth, and, uh, you know, vote for Trump. Okay, thanks very much. It is now time for... Ladies and gentlemen. It pales in comparison to the last three episode arc that we raved about at the end of last season. Mm -hmm. uh, namely, in the one in the Bobby case, literally nothing happened. Yeah, just holding holding like, place. There's like a for scene. Next week. Yeah, it was like a bookmark. Uh, in the Eleanor case, I thought it was a really cool resolution. I thought that we got to argue both sides. We got to do that David E. Kelly the practice big scene where we ex explain the viewpoint of some part of the judicial system. And we rarely hear the judges get to give their say about the stress they're under and the sort of gray area that the, the thin line, you know, between being a judge and just being an impartial watcher of the case. Because it'd be the thin black line because of yeah. the robes. So yeah. I was going to make that joke and then I, not joke, I, I just couldn't, I just, I, I boarded. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, so I thought okay, that, was, well. that was cool. And I thought that them bringing in, I really didn't expect them to, to at the last minute, call the the EPA lawyers. Although once they put them in the gallery, I, it became clear where that was headed. Long story short, I really enjoyed how that, that resolved. And I felt good for the parents, the slide parents. And in the third case, um, like we said, Jimmy gave a great performance. And I thought that... It was it was cool the way they wrote that. I liked that it looked like it was resolved within the first four minutes, and then they made a. I thought it was going to be about the crazy case that they were going to make that she had given drugs to the baby, but it wasn't about that either. It was actually pretty. I thought it was deftly written. Not much else set up. Uh, the stuff with Helen is sort of kind of. I like I like that we. There are a lot of question marks. This is successful as a standalone episode, however. Uh, it 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 didn't push me further than complacent. So, I think last week I gave a 7.5. I, I can't argue for more than that. I think it was as good. I'm going to say 7.5 spare tires. Yeah, no, I th I think that's all fair. I think it's a it's damn good, right it's fair. Of, yeah, it's a good recap of that. I I liked Dakin Matthews as a uh, as an adversary as the bad guy judge. Um, I. I definitely feel like we could have set that up a little bit better because he he went in the villain route pretty hard this episode when it sort of came out of left field. The previous episodes, we sort of heard that he was a bit of a conservative judge, but we didn't see it that much in the actual rulings in the case, especially the first thing he did was rule in their favor to allow the trial to go forward. So that felt a little bit abrupt, his villain turn. Um, but I really liked it. I really, I love a good adversary and it usually is some sort of a villain judge, which is fun to play with 
in this world because there's not a lot sort of above them in the pecking order to be battling there. Um, so I liked that. Um, you know, the, the case with Tracy Mittendorf and, and, uh, and Jimmy's client, I, I, thought it, I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. It, it certainly, it's a topic that is relevant. Um, and especially now with, you know, addiction being even further out of control, or perhaps we're just more aware of it now. Um, I thought for 2000, it had a pretty good perspective on it. But looking back on it 20 years from now, I definitely feel like the 20 years difference in our compassion for someone with addiction versus shaming them felt a little bit out of date. It definitely had compassion, which is good for for 2000. Because I, I think a lot of other times, like you're just like shaming the crack mother, blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And, and it had more compassion than you would expect for that era. But I think by today's standards, um, it's, you know, sort of what I said before, our legal system not really set up to help people with an addiction as opposed to punish them for their bad behavior or whatever. And of course, obviously, there's bad behavior as a part of this, but it's being fueled by the addiction. And so, like, I think there's there's a slightly more compassionate way to tell that story and to treat that character with a little bit more context and a little bit more understanding of addiction. Um, so, I, you know, it gets like a B for that for me. Like, it could have been better, could have been worse. Um so, you know, the episode itself, I thought it was a decent episode. I, you know, I liked the beats. I liked the, con- you know, the continuing serialization. Um, I kind of feel like I did last week with you, too. Like, I, this, it feels very, very sort of similar right down there. You get, what, a 7.5? 5? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know what? I think that's right. I think it's a 7.5. Okay. I think it's a, it's a pretty good, but not, like, wow episode of The Practice. Yeah. So there it is. We agree on the tires for the first time in a long time. Well, you know what we can all agree on. It's time to go get some lunch. But before you do, you can reach out to us and contact us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice. You can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our blog, which I promise I'm going to update soon, outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. Please join the jury. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or another service. Just send us an email. The Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by generous donations from Leanne Wrights, CloudLover69, Jorge Navoa, and Jennifer Masanova. If you would like to join them as founding sponsors, you can do so by leaving us a one-time donation or a monthly contribution. You can find the links to do so in our show notes. As Keith mentioned, leave us a rating or review. Or you know what? Just tell a buddy that you know these two funny guys who watch this crazy old television show and make jokes about shoving cash straight up people's asses. We thank all of our current and future sponsors for their help in bringing this podcast to you. Keith, should you ever find yourself man pregnant like Tom Brady? Mm. Overdosed on cocaine in the hospital where they've just decided to take your baby, I will take that baby as my own and promise you, I will name it Laser Sounds. Aw, cute little laser sounds. 